Hello, and welcome to another edition of Artists on Artists. It's the Glass Tire Podcast, where we have one-on-one conversations with artists and art professionals across the state. I'm your host, Christopher Blay, news editor at GlassTire.com. In this episode, we talk with Riley Holloway about painting, family, politics, and nature as he takes us to church in Home, his solo exhibition at the Aaron Cluley Gallery in Dallas. Riley Holloway. Hey. I'm at your show, man. You're here at the Aaron Cooley Gallery, and uh, I want to offer you congratulations for uh, getting this show off the ground. Thank and, you. Uh, uh, happy to share your thoughts and insights about your work in general, hmm. and more specifically about this show for our Black Tire audience. Okay. Thank you. So, uh, Let's just dive right into it, man. Um, where where is this work coming from? Like in mm. your general body of work, like where does this work come from? Uh, I I knew the theme uh, was going to be home, and at first I was pulling conceptually, right, and then I pulled directly from my parents' house. Right. You know, uh, even you know taking a picture of my mom in her doorway. A lot of the paintings in the front room are for photo albums yeah. that my mom had. So I was hoping that the whole thing would uh, present the viewer with uh, nostalgia and also create sort of this therapeutic space in a way, you know, with some of the themes, you know, being religious, you know, one of the pieces dealing with loss, right? And then in the back room, you know, I- I'm taking a-, a second to kind of conceptually look at what home is for me. And yeah, what is that? How, what mm. is it's a lot of things, right? So like sometimes I'm addressing America as my home. Sometimes I'm addressing something as immediate as my home, right? Uh, you know, um, what elements kind of give me the sense of home? What, what is required for home, right? And then some more things to look out for, you know, dealing with, with America and, and growing up here and what that is. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's like we live in um, just sort of a fast-paced, ever-changing, dynamic uh, 2020. Yes. We started, we started with a virus. We, the middle part was a, like a continuing virus right. of police brutality and uh, issues of race in America. Yeah. And then um, we're ending with, um, you know, a very, uh, very important election. Mm. All the issues around the election. Yes. So uh, what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, parts of this exhibition uh, gives you kind of like an island, a home base. Yeah. Recharge and go back out or to seek shelter. Right. It's to, well, the whole thing, I was seeking shelter, (laughs) you know, so there's a level of that in being with your thoughts, right? Um, With everything you just described, how fast everything's moving, you know, the the last works I did were the front room. I wanted something that slowed everything down and even kind of tied us to a past in a sense and picking the right elements of that past too. Right, leaning, uh, you know, uh, on on religion in terms of of morality, right? 
you know, seeing the things that we're dealing with at the moment with police brutality, things we've been dealing with. And then Second Room taking that chance to take America and look at America and just kind of analyze it. And what are my thoughts on it? And how do I formulate those thoughts? So a lot of the works in the second room started with writing and then it was kind of narrating the, the thought. You know, so I even down to just kind of looking at like Nikki Giovanni, you know, James Baldwin, Maya Angelou on how they even interpreted America, right? Because speaking, I, I realized was really important. And one of the things that James Baldwin was saying was that, well, Nikki Giovanni actually was saying that we used to get our speaking opportunities in the church. Uh-huh. That's where your activism kind of started, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that felt really important to draw on. And then, you know, it, and then it's an easy point of, when you see the, the photographs in the photo album, you just instantly know what'll work as a painting and what won't, right? Uh, what fits the narrative and kind of what doesn't, you know? Um, how ambiguous do I want to be? Uh, this one, I was very direct, I think, you know? And the whole thing, you know, the whole show isn't exactly opinionated. They're more so statements, right? And it, it you know, the second room where I, I reference you know, in day one, I reference our relationship with nature yeah. and how Mother Nature shows that at times she can reprimand, yeah. right? The statement like that, it's not a ton of argument you can have about it. Like everybody kind of knows we have some, some things wrong with our, our relationship with, with nature yeah. and how these things could lead to a pandemic, right? So it's, it's literally going, this is my opinion on America yeah. and, and our psyche as a whole. Right. Yeah, but I, I think it's also um, the way that you uh, use painting mm. to talk about America has its own sort of history. I mean, going back to uh, let's the, the, the closest reference, uh, which is something that uh, Aaron Cooley is talking about mm. in writing about the show. That sort of connection with uh, Norman Rockwell mm. kind of America. Right. Where, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for Norman Rockwell. He's right. He's a great painter, and his work is so sort of um, like he has very strong arguments mm-hmm. against the kind of nationalism and Very like true. His view of America will be a different view than your view of America. No right. How powerfully he uh, makes his argument for, uh, or he made his argument for what America. Right. And and for me, I wanted to highlight those aspects for ourselves. I was watching a documentary on uh, PBS, and it was talking about slave trade, and it was saying how African Americans, when we first got here, it, we didn't have a lot of points of reference. So we kind of branched off into something almost new. It still had ties to our past, our heritage, but it did take on like a totally different vibe. And when the documentary brought that up, then it cut to like the 60s and the 70s and the Afros and the funk era. And it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, we did this with food. We did this with church, did this in our communities, right? And I wanted to highlight 
those moments that made me literally, <laughs> you know, yeah. right? Like I'm in some of these images. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Confronting racism, um, there's no, uh, you don't get the, the sense that the person that is acting aggressively towards you is going to, like, put you in different groups. Mm. It's not going to say, oh, you're from Africa. Okay, well, you're okay, but these are, <laughs> it's like, we're all in the same boat. Yes. And uh, so looking at the American experience and the African American experience, the black experience, and it, it expands all that expands that entire thing. It's so true. I uh, I realized that when we went to Africa, you know, even though we were there for a very short time, we were mainly just in South Africa's city center, which is very, you know, colonialism, right? Like, you know, red light, green light, the whole European system's there in that one area like that. And also being there in the context of being at an art fair. So you're in this sort of petri dish of classism, race, and, you know, money's being thrown around. And so, and some people's attitudes are very apparent, right? But you also get a quick sense of camaraderie with the natives that were African folk, right? They yeah. they don't look too far from us, man. No, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yourself, right? You see yourself. You know, I mean, I think that's a universal experience because, mm. you know, uh, I see people that look like people that I knew growing up. Ah. Uh, Yeah. Right. And vice versa, you know, it's like uh, that connection is truly uh, a one way of looking at yeah. home. Yes. Because home is in that sort of recognition and that mm-hmm. identity. Yeah, and I, I, I started home in these small sketches while we were there. You know, and I mean, even being being there, even down to the way the birds sound, you hear our music, you hear hip hop, you hear like rhythm, and even the way the birds sound there, and it it, it trips you out, and you go, oh wow, n- none of it's a mistake. The things we hold on to, you know, the rhythm we have, the our fashion, all the things that people love us for, <laughs> you know, our love that we do, you get like, oh wow, this is not an accident. Yeah, right. Like you've uh, been, been beautiful, right? <laughs> it's uh, that's one of the, and that's one of the things that I uh, can appreciate about mm. your paintings is like you know you're combining text with um, traditional painting, but you just it's not um, it's like a it, it feels like a revelation That's her. Yeah, that's the title. I mean, it's both, uh, you know, pointing to a place, but uh, 
it's almost like it's an active thing as well. It's like mm. this is where I learned to pray, like literally. Yeah. As something that's finished. And it very much, like now that the exhibit's up and I see people viewing it, it's very much so, it very much so feels like welcoming people in, like you would your home. Because everything's so personal in there, right? You know, there's, it's my grandmother's funeral, right? It's a, a card I found of my grandmother's. I, she passed when I was four, I don't really know her. So that one's titled, Just to Have Something of Yours, right? Yeah. So it's like these, I tried to create as many little moments as I could, you know, with this exhibit that, that just lets, that brings you in and says, this is how I was raised. Yeah. You know, if you have a problem with our culture, how do you have a problem with that? Yeah, it's, there's so many points here, uh, but one of the things that it makes me think about is, and I hope you're watching this show, uh, Lovecraft Country. Yes, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, okay. waiting for the finale so, okay. right now. <laughs> so for, yeah, if you haven't watched Lovecraft Country on HBO, uh, find someone who has, uh, you know, has a code. Yeah, you <laughs> gotta me, see it, I'll, yeah. Uh, give me my login, just kidding. But uh, <laughs> seriously, um, it just, it has, a, there's a, a point where I'm trying to get to the point where you're saying, you know, if you love all of this about us, why, you know, why mm. do you have a problem with that? Which is a very good question. Exactly. And yeah. it's this point where um, I'm actually I'm listening to the podcast about the show. Mm. And it's like the big question they're asking is that we're in the middle of a pandemic and all this stuff is attacking all of us indiscriminately, mm. and you still have time for right. racist bullshit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, yeah, and it's and, and it's it's still here, and it's still being handed down. Yeah. and that's one interesting interesting thing about this country is it has always been a way. You know, I think it always will. Now, will we get better? We, I think we will. I think things get better at, yeah. with time. You know. But it's, it's, it's America, it is what it is. Like there's a, a poem for the piece called uh, American Soil. First it brings up economics, right? It talks about how America got its foothold, right? How it maintained, how it became a superpower. And you know, I went as far as to list all of those except for, you know, slave labor, right? Because we know that story, you know? And so it kind of, and it references, you know, a, a point of the past where how important crops were, yeah. right? Which is just an indirect way of saying how important slave labor was yeah. at the time. But we're addressing these crops because economically that's what it was. You know, and then, um, you know, there was a saying that a man's wealth was measured in pounds of annual tobacco. You know, and these are things I didn't know fully about this country. I had ideas from past classes, but going back through it, Ever, ever since talking to, uh, yeah. I've always, ever since I've, ever since, Are you talking about Cedric Huckabee? yeah. Who, did you study with Cedric? Did you, mm -hmm. was he ever your professor? Uh, he was, I lasted one semester. <laughs> he convinced me to give school another shot. Yeah. Lasted one semester. You know, I stayed busy. You know, I still think it was a good decision to, you know, not continue, but I may, I don't know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, we can have this longer 
conversation about right. you know, the, it's a great education if you can uh, get it subsidized mm. and if you can take time away from yes. trying to live in America right. without working mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. educate yourself there's such a high, high bar mm. um, and it's, there's such a so many obstacles and barriers in right. getting the education that uh, America promises will get you to that other level. Yes. And so if you can, if you can somehow, as someone with a family, manage to get babysitting right. and get free time to go and uh, work on your craft, yeah. then yeah, it's great. <laughs> It, you know, it being an artist, it require to to be an artist and it be your only um, source of incomes. It requires so much, you know. It requires. Yeah, I remember talking to uh, Cedric and Marilyn Jolly about this. They're both professors there, and you know, Marilyn's always straight with me. She's like, "You're gonna have to figure out how to divide it fifty-fifty. Yeah. And at the time, you know, I'm like, "I don't know how to do that." <laughs> Right now, you know, looking at it now, even though this wasn't this is was just three, four years ago, yeah. but even now, I just wouldn't have taken as many classes. I tried to run through it and, and took on a full schedule. The reason I brought up school is talking to Cedric and John Spriggins, uh, I, I always take opportunities now to learn from a body of work. Like that's been the biggest thing. When before, you know, young, even younger than I am now, I would just portraits. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Whoever fascinated me, whoever was interesting. Now it's like, I need to know more about my history. What is up with that? Yeah. Right? You know, I, I feel like I'm here in this country participating, voting. And it's like, I need to know uh, much more yeah. about the place I am born and raised in. And that, yeah, that's the thing about that. You were saying earlier, we all know this history, but mm. not all of us do. No. And not all of us realize that we don't. Yeah. So yeah. Where, there, there it is. That's where uh, it's important, uh, and that's the value that I see in work like yours, um, mm. where you're you're provide you're showing a parallel narrative mm. to the world that we all believe we live in regularly. Yes. And I think it's important to get that artist insight whether it's like, you know, these little nuggets that you drop mm. in the text of the painting yeah. to make us wonder, like, what the story is or uh, how we can connect to... Because you're using... You're also, like, showing, um, like, your sketchbook. Like yeah. From your sketchbook in this exhibition mm-hmm. that, that directly speak to how you're constructing these images. Right. You know, and... There was an importance for me in this exhibit to, like you said, draw these parallels, right? Like there was going to be a piece in the exhibit um, where it was, <laughs> it didn't work out, but it was a big painting of a piece of, of a whole apple pie. Yeah. And I had the words stitched on it. I was sewing the words on it. And the whole thing was going to be, what's more, what's as American as apple pie? Yeah. My mother's collard greens, you know, family, our Chicago 1986 family reunion. It was just going to go down this list of things that are, America has multiple stories and perspectives, yeah. right? Now it's past and it's history is kind of set in stone, but the way that we experience it, 
right, can vary, but we still have our own staples here, right, that we can glorify and say this place isn't just for who it was just created for, yeah. all right? Like, we've taken our own place in it, you know? Yeah, I see that. I mean, we're here. Yeah. We have to, uh, and I think that's part of uh, the culture, part mm. of the activism, uh, part of the, uh, the art that comes out of the black mm. experience is mm. uh, not only uh, making you know, not only like making <coughs> something out of nothing, mm. but also uh, insisting that we shouldn't have to make something out of nothing. Right. Because when it comes to making something out of nothing, the people that were brought here mm. made something out of nothing. Literally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and uh, you said something that like i think resonated with me for the whole show is that we're here yeah. like i think that's a big point of it you know like when you take a statement like black's been beautiful you know like we're here exactly. you know we're here All right and yeah and you know there's a kind of uh, invisibility that happens uh with the you know you don't notice it because it's never really been there and it's mm. that invisibility of not having as many works of art that represent black life mm. in museums in galleries uh in history books it's yeah. like um so when you it's a, it's a radical expression mm. to paint a black portrait in a white cube gallery. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's not, it doesn't need to be any more uh, radical than that. Yeah. It's just like that act of like being here and being seen. Right. Uh, just shines a light on the glaring omission huh. of what's not there. Yeah. And I think what it does for a lot of us uh, artists is that where there for others where there may not be a huge responsibility you feel making artwork with this you definitely feel it you know and you definitely feel a responsibility like to people who were my who are my age trying to come in 1920 to really like you feel this wanting to look out for them because they would love to think it's all just making pretty pictures and, exactly and it's not you know you deal like there's things you deal with and doubts you deal with you know it, it, that you still got to overcome and and put out yeah. right it's even like, yeah yeah you're you want yeah it's on top of how uh, narrow the access mm. to the world of art is right uh, you have to add on <laughs> the fact that you're a black man trying to like just be an artist yeah and then it's like on top of that you have to put the fact that anything you make is gonna be put in that context of your blackness. yeah it's like what yeah and it, it comes to the point where you it's like collectively our reality you have to accept that that's what's going on 
you know, like there's some artists who are like, oh, I'm a painter. I'm not a, well, collectively, <laughs> right? Which helps determine our reality is, hey, I'm an African-American painter. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. That's what I'm going to be called, you yeah. know? So it's like, hey, Cedric told me, fully lean in. You fully lean in to whatever it is your ideas are, what you yeah. believe in, fully lean in. And because so. it's yeah, and that's the thing. It's like uh, it's defying this uh, idea that black artists are monolithic. Mm. Everything we make is only about one thing. Uh, mm. So it denies the um, you know. It, yeah, it defies that expectation. Yeah. Uh, I think just making art as a black person is all that that art needs to be to mm. be art from a black person. Yes. That's yeah. It. And we are very complex. <laughs> right? And, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the ideal. Yes. Um, you and I both know we don't live in that world, but no. that's, that's the, that should be the period full stop right this is true yeah yeah but uh for people that don't know like for people who who are now being introduced to you and your work and your voice through this interview uh tell us a little bit about yourself like biographically mm. uh i was born in los angeles uh we moved when i was uh, either four or five years old my dad got a job here they also didn't want me to grow up in the hood which i understand you know, um, and uh, my mom got me started. You know, now I'm trying to reverse that and get her back into it. I went to school for graphic design the entire time I painted. <laughs> I can tell. I can <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of graphic elements in your Yeah, it, you know, so that ended up being useful. 2012, um, you know, I was just walking around like a nerd with a sketchbook, and I got my first opportunity uh, at the Fairmont in Dallas to do a residency program. Right, yeah and that was that was a first a lot of firsts for me yeah. that thing that was my first time having a solo uh my first time hanging work on a wall period uh you know my wife me and my wife began there yeah. you know so it was that point is a big point of reference for me you know yeah. and since then i've just tried to make sure that i'm moving forward yeah. right with the ideas that i have um, if I don't, if I hit, if I don't feel like I need to get better, I will go crazy. So luckily, there's plenty of room <laughs> to, to get better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a conversation. I remember, man. I didn't realize that you lived in Plano at the time. Uh, and we had this show coming up at Fort Worth's Art, and I was like, "Hey, man, can you meet me over here at the usual?" Yeah. Have a little cocktail and conversation. I realized you'd driven all the way from Plano. I was like, oh man, dude. I was, I was, yeah. I was very, uh, I regretted that, but I was uh, really happy that we had that conversation. Yeah. Because that was like, uh, that was another solo show. I made mm. a solo show in Fort Worth. Am I, mm. may, I may have had, I may have had one there before. Yeah, this was around 2016. Okay, then yeah, I had yeah, I had had one before that. Yeah, but yeah. that was yeah, and uh, I believe you're 
kid was just born at the time. Oh. Self delay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. But just, I mean, I just. The work is evolving. Thank you. Ooh, that's good to know because you know it's like i i think the the way to describe that is like it's just always something in the back of your mind that reminds you like you need to you need to progress you know it's just it's small and it's polite but it's just like always something in the back of my mind is like it's time to progress yeah. you know like and, and it pushes me forward you know so right now next idea is just up in the air i have don't have a ton of clue uh i know that um I always have the big idea. The big idea is the poem I wrote, American Soil. I'm going to do a whole body of work on that poem. Do you have that memorized? I don't have it memorized. <laughs> it's okay. long. Yeah. We're at the, I'll, <laughs> I might find a, a way to include it uh, as part of this uh, interview conversation. But okay. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. But uh, give me an overview of it. Like, what's mm. like the, the, the basic gist of it? Ooh, it's... Uh, it's a good amount of it is understanding your worth, but you know, uh, it's, it's helping to put myself in context with what America is and what matters here. Right. And what matters here at times is capitalism. Right. Um, when I look at the opportunities I've gotten, it's been because of, I would say not just the work is great. We would love to think that, but sometimes it is due to what you can do for someone here and so it talks a good amount about how america has always been on the auction block and up for the most ambitious whether it's elections whether it's private prisons you know and trying to draw parallels that we still have some issues right so that's sort of the uh, the gist of the poem is kind of dealing with our relationship with america and you know yeah i'm glad you said something about capitalism and mm. Glad that your conversations with Erin Pooley for the for um, working with her uh, started probably like a couple of years ago, a year, year and a half, two years. Yeah, ago, it's been a year. Like yeah, that. yeah. And I I think it's uh, because what's happening now it, it kind of worries me a little bit because mm. I think you know blackness is so bad uh. right now. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like uh, uh, filling this glaring omission uh, has like this little sense of a capitalistic uh, drive to it Absolutely. more than like trying to fix what's wrong. Yeah. With representation in art, so it's yeah, it's good to see that people. Yeah. Like I'm happy for the opportunities that are happening for brothers and sisters that are uh, showing work and getting the recognition that they deserve. Right. Um, but I hope that it's not you know, yeah. another situation yeah. where we're being auctioned off and then, you know, dumped down the road when it's right. no longer expedient. And, you know, and it's hard for those just coming in because you don't know who was representing us. 
and who wasn't before this and there is some importance to that like what i tell people often is don't get in such an allure about the space or the institution worry about the person whose name's on the building yeah right like with aaron cluey gallery i you know we've all seen spaces the space is nice but that's not you know what i'm looking for you know it's like what's the person like is is the person genuine yeah. is the person actually into my work or is the person not trying to be called out for not having any black artists on on their roster right like so it's going to be a little difficult deciphering who's genuine who's not right we all know how some people can be one way and then another way and yeah. you just don't want to be a part of that right i agree and you been guilty of it too, uh, running a gallery yeah. and showing uh, black artists in February. But mm. it's also, my argument has always been to look at how the institution and how uh, the galleries and museums work with artists of color mm. <laughs> the other 11 months of the year. Yeah. So when you see them there in February, <laughs> it doesn't look strange. It doesn't look like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I've always just said, yeah, do the work if it comes or just really look at that that institution or that gallery's history. Right. Before you commit to being their, you know, their black person for February. Absolutely. (laughs) Get to get to know the person. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's it's huge. Well, man, uh, this show home is. you know, I live in uh, Houston right now. Mm. I just, I feel like the DFW area is, you know, it's been my home base for the past 30 plus years. So it feels like coming home and then like coming to your show. Feels nice. Like so wow. Yes. I really uh, enjoy looking at the work and uh, thank you for taking the time to just like chat, man. Just you always. I didn't think I could <laughs> talk to you, man. <laughs> like, every but, yeah. Uh, Riley Holloway, man, thank you for uh, taking the time to chill and chat with us. And uh, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me.